We were talking about this yesterday, and it was inspired by a column that Brian Lilly for the Toronto Sun wrote. We, we got him on the show yesterday, so we're not calling him back on this. But at the time, I asked him if there were any instances where um, the story that he was covering actually um, resulted in someone being charged for drinking after driving, two hours after driving. So it is a concern that folks at the Justice Canada say can't occur, but it actually did occur. His column today is titled A Real Case of Drunk Backyarding. Uh, This happened to a woman named Leanne Lowry. She's visiting her sister in uh, B.C. this past April. They're having drinks in the backyard. She gets a call from the RCMP. They want to talk to her. What? She said she said she thought some something had happened to somebody in her family. There was nothing wrong with her family. The Mounties were called there in her sister's driveway because someone had called in anonymous, anonymously to say that Lowry had consumed too many drinks at a local bar before getting into her truck and driving away. It wasn't true. And according to Brian Lilly, Lowry would eventually be acquitted of all the claims against her, but not before the RCMP used their new powers under the criminal code to ask for a breath sample long after she stopped driving. The Justice Department is declaring and admit the police can show up and demand that you provide a sample after you stop driving, but it happened to her. And she was asked to blow into the breathalyzer after she arrived at her sister's house at 3.30. She was asked to give a breath sample at 6 p.m. And she had had a few drinks because it was a family gathering. She uh, lost her license for 90 days. Her vehicle was impounded for 30 days and a series of fines and other measures were imposed. She recorded a video interaction of herself that was used and is the reason why the whole thing was dismissed. But she still had to uh, pay for her legal expenses. Now, yesterday I wanted to talk to a lawyer on this and we are lucky enough to have uh, Joe Newberger join us. He's Toronto's uh, 640 Toronto's legal analyst. Joseph, welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Oh, thank you, Kelly. My pleasure. I'm so glad that you decided to uh, come out and talk about this because, to me, this is um, an overreach, and it is legal. That is correct, correct? Absolutely. It's so insane. let us know exactly what the law states when it comes to the changes made to the drinking and driving laws when it comes to you arriving at your house. Okay, so I'll, I'll try and break this down. And in fact, I warned about this in an article that was published back on the December 19th that this exactly would happen. So the police can now, uh, first of all, demand a sample from an individual without any reasonable suspicion. So they need no justifiable basis to demand a sample. Second, someone can be charged that if they have blood alcohol concentration or a combination of drugs or drugs in their system above the legal limit up to two hours after ceasing to operate a vehicle. So exactly the scenario that happened in that case, somebody may call in an anonymous call. The police will arrive, make a demand. If it's allegedly within two hours of ceasing to drive, the person will be charged. And according to the legislation, in order to mount the defense, there's very specific requirements that an accused must satisfied, one of which was that you're not driving at the time, that you're, you're not drinking at the time you're operating a motor vehicle, that your blood alcohol concentration was the same at the time, uh, at the time that you were actually tested, 
as at the time you were allegedly driving, and you had no reasonable apprehension that you were going to be uh, stopped by police for, for doing this. And there's a series of other you know, requirements. It's insanity, and this is exactly the law. So the crux of this is within two hours of ceasing to drive, you could be charged with being over 80. And how do you prove that you weren't driving and that you had the drinks at home? I mean, it well, seems like the law is stacked against you. It is. You can't even actually get in the stand, according to the legislation, and testify and say, I wasn't driving. You actually have to establish that your alcohol concentration will match the timing that you're saying you weren't driving. So you actually have to hire an expert toxicologist to testify as to your timing of alcohol consumption. So just imagine you're sitting in your backyard or you're watching a Leafs game. You're not necessarily keeping track of your pattern of drinking, the timing of your drinking you may be up against an insurmountable hurdle to try and prove your innocence. And I'm saying prove your innocence. This isn't a matter of the government having to establish proof beyond a reasonable doubt. It's you proving your innocence, the presumptions against you. It is absolute lunacy, and now it's happened, and the government has no excuse for why they drafted such stupid legislation. The uh, folks at Justice Canada just say, you know, it can occur. But as as we said, it did occur in B.C. There are several uh, different opinions from lawyers. One that Brian Lilly spoke to yesterday said this is definitely unconstitutional. Another said this is just closing a loophole that drunk drivers were using to get away with drinking and driving. So what would happen, the scenario would be they get in a car accident, they drive away from the scene of the crime, they go home and immediately start to drink so that they can claim, well, I, I started drinking at home. Right, but, but, but that's a defense that the, def- the, the accused would have to mount themselves. And under the old legislation, they would have to prove that at the time of driving, they were under the legal limit. And again, under the old legislation, that their readings actually matched the pattern that they described. That was a very, very, very technical and difficult defense to actually be successful on. So in order to suggest that this is a loophole, it's ridiculous. Whoever that lawyer was must be a former Crown attorney and not a practicing defense lawyer, because the government should always bear the burden of establishing guilt it should not be on an accused to establish innocence. And this is exactly what you have in this case. And it can be abused in many circumstances. So this is unconstitutional, and it's bad piece of legislation, very dangerous to all of us. Now, the uh, leader of the opposition, Andrew Scheer, ha- has said, you know, he hasn't commented if he will amend the law. This is according to Brian Lilly, but he did uh, tweet out, Drunk driving is a horrible crime, but the Trudeau liberals have reduced sentences for that crime and instead seem ready to go after Canadians having a beer at home after driving home from work. That's wrong. And another example of Justin Trudeau infringing on our freedoms. So we know the law is not only heavy handed, but seriously flawed. Let's talk about the scenario. I go home. I decide after work I have driven, but I get home. I'm not going anywhere. After work, I decide to have a couple of fun and tonics with my husband. I'm not a large woman. I'm going to blow over the limit. Um, A cop comes to my door. What do I do? I frankly wouldn't answer the door. Is that legal? Can I do I have a legal right to ignore that there's a police officer at my door? Absolutely. You you have the absolute right not to answer your door and not invite an officer in. They need a search warrant to enter upon your property or your consent. So don't don't answer the door, because with this legislation, you're at risk. And who knows why that officer is there. So just 
go sit down and do nothing. That's my advice. We had a situation where uh, police officers just were, we'd pulled into our driveway and they were, they had to ask a question and they came close, uh, plain close police officers with like lanyards around their neck that anybody could have made at a store came walking up our driveway. Say they do that and come right into your backyard. What are, what are your rights there? Well, they, they have no lawful authority to be on your property. They have to either have consent or they have to have a warrant allowing them uh, to be on the property. So you could have a warrant to search the property or what's called formally a Feeney warrant where it's to arrest an individual. Now, look, if they're plainclothes officers, they're probably not there to investigate an over 80. They're probably in the neighborhood for something else and maybe seeking some sort of information about a neighboring house or something. Mm -hmm. But regardless now, as a citizen of this country, we're worried that somehow they're investigating us just having a leisurely drink in our backyard. I don't believe any officer wants to wrongly accuse somebody of this, but the legislation is ripe for abuse, and this type of mistake can happen because people can phone in anonymously or maliciously make false allegations against other people in a host of scenarios. And so this is very bad. And when i sorry to circle back on this, but mm-hmm. when I hear politicians you know, playing games with this because they want votes, it makes me nauseous because the Liberals did a very bad job in the new legislation. They did increase penalties. That's fine. But I have no hope that the conservatives, if they win, will amend the legislation because they're just going to have to pander to people uh, who want to see tough on crime policies without thinking how it's going to affect them, their family member or good friends. If, God forbid, they get wrongly accused of something. So I'm very concerned about this, but I think the courts will do the right thing eventually and strike it down. And and that's uh, that's what we're going to have to rely on. I, I feel for everyone that owns a cottage. I don't know anybody that doesn't get up to the cottage, unpack and open up a beer. Uh, absolutely. 100%. Every weekend this summer, people are going up to do that. 100%. And it's completely legal. Why? Because we're adults and we're not going to drive our car. Right. Pull in your driveway, go on, go in the back, look at the lake, have a few drinks, enjoy yourself. God forbid somebody called in some false accusation against you or, or, or whatever. The police followed you and now they're going to check to see if you're over 80. I mean, you're allowed to drink at your home or your cottage or at a friend's home. It's ridiculous. This wasn't closing a loophole. This is abusive. Joe, this woman that was actually um, had this happen to her in B.C., she lost her license for 90 days. Her vehicle was impounded for 30, and there were a series of fines and other measures imposed. She still had to pay for her legal expenses out of pocket, but she ended up having it dismissed because she recorded a video of her interaction with the police. Do you recommend that that people do this? I do. Again, I don't want to suggest that we should be mistrustful of the police in any way, shape, or form, but recording your interaction is very important, especially in circumstances where, if this is going to come to trial later on, an objective recording of interaction is extremely important. And this poor lady should be suing the government and suing the police for what was a wrongful arrest and where she suffered serious damages, including legal fees, the loss of her license, and et cetera. They should be liable to pay her a significant amount of money for their stupidity. I want to ask you one more question before I let you go, because I I think this is very important that people know what to do if something like this happens, if somebody um, decides that they're going to call the police and say, I saw somebody driving home and they were weaving and they, they staggered into their house. And say somebody's having a, a pool party. See, you know, the police come to your door. Everybody's drinking um, at the pool party. You go to the front door. You see that it's a police officer. You just, you, you know, it's an average citizen. You open the door. 
Because you're not thinking, well, I'm not going to open the door. You open the door, hi, can I help you? And they say, yeah, uh, we we understand that you were driving and weaving. We had a report on that. We'd like you to give us a breast sample. What do you do then? Well, you have to comply. You have no choice but to comply. And if you don't comply, you're charged with a refuse. And I just want to make this point clear. Under the old legislation, if the police got a tip that somebody was driving home weaving, the police could still attend at the residence, knock on the door, and request the individual to provide a sample. And a lot of the time, people were always cooperative and did and got charged. So this legislation doesn't help, uh, you know, close a loophole. The police always had that power. What this does is broadly open it so that you could be charged with drinking and driving up to two hours after ceasing to drive in circumstances where you were never operating your motor vehicle with alcohol in your body. So now the rule of thumb is if the police are coming to your house and you haven't been drinking and driving, but you're drinking at home, probably you got to protect yourself and not answer the door. That's problematic because what if it's a cop looking for a missing kid? Absolutely. Or they need assistance for something, you know, for some other investigation, canvassing the area about something else. We should be able to help the police, but we should not be fearful of being wrongly accused of something. And thank you, uh, Mr. Trudeau and your government, for this legislation. You've now made it much more difficult for the police to do their job and have made citizens at risk of having their liberty seriously invaded by police. Joseph, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. I'll go take my blood pressure pill now. (laughs) You know what? You and everyone else. I think I got one right here. I'm going to put it under my tongue.